Welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Pros Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Joe, Lopo, Mike, that being me. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I think we should just get into the hockey. It's been like Saturday night was an unreal night in the league. It's been exciting. The trade deadline's coming up. This has been one We're of the more up. intriguing seasons, both like on the ice and off the ice. There's been so many different storylines. It's crazy how this season, it's like a soap opera, up and down roller coaster. Like it, it, this season's been amazing. I feel like it needs though, like the the deadline needs the big fish. Like every year has the big. Fi- I feel like Tanev, Hannafin, they're big, but like I feel like they need the big fish. Though. Who would that big fish be for you? Gensel. If Jake, Gensel? Jake Gensel, yeah, I was just gonna say, or like, would yeah, it be? It has to be. I, I got one more. Would it? Would Markstrom be bigger than Gensel? Yes. Yes, it would. I be. think. I I think that would be. Yeah, but bonkers okay but let me okay but i always think of that six mil like hit if it if it goes belly up wherever he goes they're eating that six now mil on a goalie uh, position. he has i believe two years left after this season i'll double check this as i talk 2026 2026 is his ufa if calgary can eat one or two it's not like they're going to be up against it next year if you make him a four million four and a half million dollar goalie why not I think you like, have to with your Calgary. Enormous for them to like that would be I think the biggest name if the, if he goes at the deadline, which I don't think he will. I think that's more of a summer move. But that would be the best move out of all players that are rumored. But wh- why is it a summer move? Like they're like you already have Calgary balls deep with like okay, Tanev is is going to move. Hannafin is probably going to move. Why not just go all in yeah, right you're not now? Wrong. And like, there's and there's teams that need a goalie people, right now. Carolina can use one. A lot of teams need um, a goalie. New Jersey. Jersey. L.A. I'm missing a... L.A. Yes. Those are the three that need a goalie right now. So the funny thing is with Markstrom, the biggest rumored spot has been the Devils. Yeah. The Devils are five points out of a spot. The Flames are three points out of a spot. And they're going to trade their starting goalie to a team that's further out. Like I've said this on the previous pods. It's crazy to me that... The Flames have already traded Lindholm and I'm going. Oh, Zadorov. Yeah. So they're getting rid of bodies, and it looks like they're playing better. You know what? I, I like. I you guys are thinking like the, these teams. Like, uh, there's one team that sticks out for me. Minnesota needs a goalie. I think Markstrom would be a fantastic landing spot no. there. They have so they, they have, have they offensive have power. I don't think they they're do in that. the race. And they have Wallstead in the wings. I know, just like, but he's. It's just there's so much inconsistencies in that Justice situation. Lost that in the wind. They're they're, yeah. and they're okay. if, by all accounts, it sounds like they just, don't want to deal but, flurry. So, I just feel like you got a guy like Kaprizov, and like you need a guy. You, why don't you have your goal? Like you need. What are you waiting for? It's 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 cap because they have that big hit with Parise and Suter still. Yeah. Once that comes off, like. Yeah, but even offloading like a guy like Fleury's contract and like to take in a Markstrom, like you can make it work. Like <laughs> we'll get into guy, teams oh, juggling caps uh, today, I'm sure. But <laughs> well, they're doing it again. Yeah, I, I just feel like doing it again. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's your segue. Big story of the week. It's got to be Mark Stone's injury. 
and the, I guess, repercussions of it. The trade deadline's coming up. By all accounts, this is a, what is it, a lacerated spleen? Is that what the... Yeah, and it's, and it's yeah. not related to his back, so it's not necessarily fudging the reports. This sounds like bullshit. It does. It Bull does sound like such shit. Like, well, from what I know, the NHL does look at these scenarios. Like I know they did that with uh, the Leafs more recently this season because of uh, who did they do it with when the Leafs were up against the cap and they did something. Klingberg, yeah. Yes. So, and I think after all the Matt Murray stuff that went on in the at the beginning of the year too. So there is, and the league is well aware of what Stone is going through. And apparently it's a lengthy process. Like they get their doctors in there. They look, they have all the scans, x-rays, like they have all the metal medical reports too. So they're in on it. And Hey, right now it's a loophole in the, in this, in the CBA, in the game, in the cap. So I have no problems with teams using it. Every year, dude. Like, it, didn't they do? With they Stone. did this last year. It's almost like well, you just gotta Cooch, get lucky. Cooch and did it. Cooch, Cooch did the Tampa Bay Lightning did it with Cooch. Like, that's a little bit more extreme. Where he started skating and three weeks before want, the playoffs so, started, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" It, it, <laughs> but it really does matter. They're gonna get Eichel back. They're gonna get Stone back. They're gonna get whoever now, they Eichel get at is this supposed to be back before. In the like, lineup. he could play possibly yeah. Tuesday this week. So he's skating he, already. Like, watch they him might have out. just Stone's money to play with. Not Eichel's as well. That's what my point is. But, um, hey, we've seen teams do it. So, And it's not related to the back. Like, I want to stress that. Like, So, it's, it's a little different. But at the same time, it's, you did this last year. What are we doing here? Yeah, and it's, like, who's, like, I feel like Vegas is, like, who's going to ask questions? This guy's a band-aid. Well, no, no look one's at Colorado. Colorado's probably, probably going to do it, too, if Landeskog comes back for the playoffs. Well, that's different, though. Yeah, but that, he, like, that was I know, but it's I the same premise. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's I also, like, a team being over the cap in the playoffs for their benefit. They've already yeah. used that money for this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've already used that money to make themselves better. Whether you do it at the deadline or at the beginning of the year, there's no difference. It's such a, it's it's such an advantage. Like <laughs> it's almost like it's cheating, sort of. Like I get it's it, Joe, but like it's cheating. <laughs> they have like, to, yeah. A team, the teams have found. Well, the Leafs. Everybody gets better game the, one of the, the playoffs. Leafs, That's what the I'm Leafs saying. Have it's done cheating, it dude. In previous years, where they've actually acquired contracts already on LTIR to have benefit, like they did, they did that with Clarkson's contract a couple years ago. I think it's almost like. How bad do you want it? Like, here, I'll, I'll use the Leafs for an example because they have way too many players making way too much money. But let's say Tavares is like, oh, guys, I want this so bad. Break my pinky toe. I'll be back in a couple months. Use $11 million to acquire some. Like, but I think to a certain point, I don't think every, like, I don't think athletes think like that. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Like I don't think this someone's gonna sit out the final two months of their the contract, uh, their season, just to just to make the team better. Like I, I don't think it's that <laughs> mentality. 
But but guys like you but you see it in the NBA guys like they they try to rest up like why they don't want to play into the playoffs you don't think like NHL players have that win it all mentality like I want to yes, play but when I counts. think at the same time like for the load management thing I don't think NHL players can do that because of how tight the standings are like that they can't do They're that doing where it with teams Mark Stone are right in now. The <laughs> like yeah. where the teams are actually in the playoffs and it's just like yeah take a couple, whatever but. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't get the sense because, um, like, you just don't see it. Like, if you would see it a lot more. Like, I can understand maybe a week or two. Like, you're, you're heading down the stretch, and it's just like, okay, rest up, whatever. But there's no cap benefit to it. I don't think you're going to see someone from beginning of March to, to middle of April. That's a month and a half of no time playing. Yeah. And what kind of player are you going to be come playoff time? Like, after a month off, a month and a half off. He's Mark Stone, dude. No, I'm just saying in general, like, any player. Not necessarily Stone. Just if any player decides to do that. All right. Let's get into the fantasy players of the night this week. Had a bunch of big names. And for Stone owners, first off, for Stone owners, that really sucks coming down the stretch. (laughs) It does, yeah. That's another thing. He's not playing. He's, he's not, not playing like, he's not, for the rest he's of the not, year. He, he's not even factoring in for the, uh, the your your playoffs too. It's not like you're getting him back for your playoffs in fantasy. So it's a tough hit. He's he's a keeper for your next year. Keep him on IR. Keep him next year. But uh, it'll probably happen again yeah, next just year. Be prepared that you might have a, a free spot that you could just play around with. Yeah. And uh, but in the meantime, with Stone. Out, you have Amadio that's kind of taken a better, um, a bigger role on the team. So there's that. Nicholas Wah. Um, yeah, again, tough blow. What do you guys like, Paul Cotter at all? I, I I like him. I've watched him play. He's got hands. He's an aggressive player. I think that's a guy that can do it. It's just he started out really well. He started out really well, and then he just yeah. kind of faded into your depth. Your they like depth him piece. too. They like him a lot there. All right, fantasy players of the night. Adrian Kempe kicked us off last Sunday. He had two goals. One was a shorty game-winning goal. Sorry, I think you uh, broke up there. Was it? Was it, did you say Rempe or Kempe? <laughs> we'll get to Rempe. <laughs> uh, oh, we'll Kempe. get to him later in the show. Um, it was a two-one win in pit, spoiling Yager night, which was kind of fun. Aww. Um, <laughs> that joke, that joke about his girlfriend being too young to know what he's done in Pittsburgh. Awesome. <laughs> it was hilarious. Awesome. Uh, but Kempe, yes, he's got uh, 51 points in 56 games. There's not much to say about him. I love him. He hits, he shoots, gets shorthanded points. He's kind of, he's my guy. I have him. I love before, him. Go ahead, Joe. Before we go on, on Kempe, doesn't Yager, I want to stick on Yager. Doesn't Yager remind, or doesn't Brian remind you of Yager? Like he's that's what his future life is gonna be like, old man. Like yeah, I don't yeah. care. I slept with you. Oh, the girl's threatening to post on 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 Instagram or socials that a picture. Yeah, go I'll for it. it. I'll for do you. it for you. Like that's so Brian vibes. So Brian, just with and then he finally settles down at like fifty eight years yeah. old, still playing hockey till he's ball hockey in this scenario. That's totally. That's totally it. Just with significantly less money. And he's just playing to keep the YC going like Yager's doing to his tech team. <laughs> <laughs> like his... 
Oh, he's gonna love that, man. Yarmir Dapont. Oh, he is younger. He used to have the hair too. Oh yeah, that. yeah. He used to have the long hair. Yeah, I just when when you when he said Yager, I'm like that just popped up in my head. I'm like, Bry Yager, different skill set, but same mentality. <laughs> um, all right, I, I don't have anything else to say about Kempe unless you guys do. We can Mm-mm. move on. Yeah, uh, let's go to Monday. One of the hottest teams in the league. One of the hottest players, Kirill Kaprizov. He had three goals and three assists. So did jo- Joel Eriksson act that night uh, in a 10-7 win against Vancouver. Um, Kaprizov's got 63 points in 51 games, 18 over an eight-game point streak. There was a time where you could get this guy on the cheap, but um, he's been on a tear, and so has Minnesota. They're they're right back in it. Are we all on the same page that we can call Kirill uh, like a superstar at this point? 100%. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. I, yeah, they he's were, a superstar. Uh, <clears throat> Not elite superstar. He's, he I think this season there was a time where he kind of went silent, but again, yeah. he's he's up there. Did you know that he's Did you know he's 5'10", 203 pounds? Tank. He's a unit, man. He was... I, Can you imagine if he got into drafted. the NHL earlier? Never mind, just, what, four years yeah. ago? I forgot he was drafted like 100... 57 or like wild remember this Matvey Michkov dude is gonna be this guy for (laughs) Philadelphia and when they're ready dude they're gonna be scary man that team's gonna be good (coughs) yeah um from Kaprizov we'll move into Boldy on Friday Boldy had two goals 4-2 win against Edmonton 47 and 51 another Really hot, wild player. It just seems like every time last eight. an alert comes up that the Wild scored, he's factoring in on it. Like it, it's I, I like I, I haven't calculated yeah. what he has in the last X amount of games, but he just seems like he's been in on everything recently. Yeah, yeah, he's been on. So last eight games, Kaprizov eighteen, Joel Eriksson fifteen, and Boldy fourteen. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think Zuccarello wow, is up there too now, eh? Boldy's but you but you know what they do, eh? Like that Minnesota team, if you look at all their like top line, they load it and they don't have a lot of depth, so those guys are going to play a lot of minutes. So there there could be multiple fa- fantasy options of that team on a sustainable level because they're all and playing it's about so many time minutes. Detroit take takes a page out of the Wild uh, playbook and put the three big boys together as they did yesterday. Or on Saturday, like yeah, they had to bring Cat Kane and Larkin all on the same line. I don't know if that's been going on since Kane's I been will back, say. but about time. I think if you go back to when Kane signed, I I, I said it on the pod. I said load. If I was the coach, I'd load them up on that top line, let them go crazy, and destroyed the Blues. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kane because <laughs> yeah. I was wrong about we Kane. We went around the table. What's Kane going to do? Anth and I were quite positive he was going to have a pretty good season, near point per game. Run down the numbers, actually. And, Mike, to be fair, I didn't put this in the group chat when I, when I put those pre- uh, predictions out. Okay. You had said you were thinking point per game. 
But because of my preamble that I said before with the four <laughs> players that have come back from that injury and not have done nothing, you n- were yeah. knocked down two to three points. So you were up around okay. 56 as well. So you were close to Anth. See? And then I convinced you to go down a couple points. A couple points, yeah. So lesson here is never listen to Joe from the bridge. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I was at 48 and 59. He's not going to play 59 <laughs> games. So my point total could still be right. Okay, that's not <laughs> at all. <laughs> Such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I put a twist on everything. <laughs> No, you and <laughs> points per Lopo, game. You were really but, off, but yeah, I was off. I I, I think I had him at like 40, yeah. I was gonna, I, I just had him uh, a little under, like a little below point per game. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I didn't think he was. Yeah, but he's he's gaining them in in. It seems like he's point point producing like in in bunches. Like he can go silent yeah. for a, a wee bit, and then he just blows off for three or four. So yeah. The uh, the Red Wings are right there, but uh, we move on. Fantasy players of the night. Actually, last thing we were talking about Joel Erickson Eck and Minnesota. We'll get to a Minnesota question actually, but I just want to say Joel Erickson Eck is not an elite NHLer. He's an elite fantasy player. He really is, man. He's almost he- a point per game this season. Two hundred and thirteen shots, a hundred and thirty one hits. Blocks are near point per game, uh, block per game, sorry. Shorthanded point. Like, he's just, he's a dream to own in a banger league. He Is he a top 10 fantasy option next year? Not top 10. Well, from, a, from a bangers league, like, why not? He's I think there's 10 right players now. that people automatically go to. Like, I think, I, think, I think 10 is hard to break. You could argue maybe... Top twenty-five, like where you you'll sprinkle like near the bottom, you'll you'll value a little bit more of the peripherals than than you would just points flat out. Because you can name ten right now that would go ahead of him, include like goalies, defensemen, and I put I, he 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 plays like Miller. I like I I have special value for guys like Miller who yeah. do it all. I, I, you know what? I'm looking at him like right now. What he's doing now, who he's playing with, how that team is getting better with Boldy. He could be definitely a top ten option mm-hmm. next year. Top ten for me is tough. Like, I, I can, I can bring you a top ten right now. <laughs> in bangers, yeah. Like a guy like Panera, and I wouldn't put ahead of him in a bangers league. Yes, but I think, I think the points outvalue a lot of the other stuff when you go top ten. Like, if you have a top ten pick in a draft. You're telling me you're going to go for Joel Erickson Eck over, over someone like Panarin type thing? If it's a bangers league, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean he's as young. He's as young. He's a guy that brings more to the table from a fantasy perspective. What we're playing, but not at that pick. At those picks, I would you, pick Joel. You, you try to get the superstar, regardless. Of, Why? Yes. No, but see, like I, I, I would, I would take a Miller over a Panarin. That I would. Well, but Miller's better I than Erickson Eck. But I would take an. But I would take point wise. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't think there's a big spread. I don't think there's a big difference between Joel Erickson Eck at this point right now. I and do. you look at their production between JT Miller and Joel Erickson Eck. Better team, more points. Yeah. That's why I said top twenty-five. I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's top fifty. Like whatever. I think it's top twenty-five, possibly. But. Uh, it's more. It's more around the discussion around like getting the rounded player versus yeah. the point getter. Like I'd rather a player like that than a I player would, like, like that. Yes, but at your at a certain spot in the draft. Like I'm not picking like I'm picking a, a, one of a, one of the elite guys over Erickson. Okay, okay, Huberto was that guy once upon a time. When he disappears and he gets you no points, no. he's not getting you at peripherals. If you get a guy like that and he, and he falls off, like a Chris Kreider. I'm not that saying type, Chris Kreider, yes. but I, like Agreed. a guy like Chris Agreed. Kreider. Like, you're still okay yes, in fantasy. but at the same time, let's say Huberto still at his 115 point, point pace because that's an elite player. I'm not talking about now. Let's say going into a draft, I'm picking Huberto at that level than I am Erickson at his level now. In a top ten, in a in a top ten. And pick. then you got a lower floor, and then you got a lower floor on the on the bottom. No, though. because I can find guys that that hit well, and thing floor. later in the draft. Like you know what I mean? Like you gotta prop up where you're picking. Like if you're picking top ten, sorry, Erickson Eck is not going top ten in a, in a draft when you start from scratch. Because if you pick in the top ten this year, uh, next year, Lopo in our draft when we do a full reset. And you don't pick Erickson Eck, I'm calling you out. <laughs> well, I'll pick a player like him. Like, I'd rather a player like Brady okay. Kachuk or a But Matthew those guys Kachuk. are elite. That. That's, that's, that's my point. Those guys are elite. Those guys have You the... called them. Yeah. Yeah. You called them top 10, Bear. Yeah. Yeah, I did call them top 10. I know. But I'm saying I would rather those guys in my top 10. Yes. Okay. There's some guys like McDavid who score, but like guys that most guys would put in their top 10, like a Panarin. I wouldn't have a Panarin in there. Versus a guy like yeah, Joel Erickson you, because of who, what he brings, bro, what he brings to the table. Don't you think you're overvaluing? Like you're talking about two categories that they're not even really blocks. It's like one category that's really that much better than a scorer. Shots are the same. Okay, it's really so, what hits, look and, at, hits and blocks, maybe, Mike. Just those two. When you compare those two it, types but of that, players, but that's important when you're when you when you're going in a category, basically, it, it, like they're factors. Yes, but Panarin factors factors in goals, play, assists, guys like, points, power play points, shots. Like they're all like that's five over two. Like you got to weigh the difference out. And if you're picking that high, I don't think you can make. No, I think you're. I, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I would also say that's also stems down to shots. I also think that stems down to blocks and situational play. Like the guys playing PK, he's going to be more susceptible to getting blocks versus a guy like Panarin, who's only PP, won't be touching any PK. Like I, I see you look at it like that. I look at it like from a like a deeper angle on that. And that's why you have your one, like your oddball season that you do well in, and then the rest are shit. <laughs> well, it's a good strategy. I mean, like I'm, I'm gonna probably not win this year, but it's I got a yeah. good team going into playoffs. This guy came out of nowhere and just I don't know what happened to your team. Yeah, you went from, fuck from, you. You the, Mike. Yeah, whatever. I'm not getting involved. I'm not starting steamroller. Steamroller. Let's continue on the show. I just want to win my division. Let's put it that way. Okay. Talking about mini, we got a question from at a.kirkpatrick on Instagram. Well, let's just talk about Brock Faber. He said, uh, mostly just his recent games. Seems like he's slowed a bit. Um, so when we got this question from Faber, he had no points in five straight. And that included that 10-7 win, which would be infuriating oh, if oh. I was a Faber owner. It's like, um, you know, but he got an assist. You know, yeah. sorry, stop me right there before you continue. I was looking because we just went through our deadline in our pool. 
And I was yes. I was looking because I and I dealt Larkin, and in that six one win against the the Blues, the the Wings, I was like, oh shit, how many points did Larkin get? Goose egg. Zero. And I was like, that's like when you said favor and zero points and ten, I'm like, that's similar. I'm like, how does Larkin get zero on six? Yeah. When his line it's, was doing shit, like you know what I mean, like when his line was scoring, he just didn't get anything. <laughs> well, Infuriating. it's honestly chalked up as just being unlucky. Yeah, for and, sure, um, for sure. It's just he doesn't shoot a lot either, for what it's worth. Yeah, Faber or Larkin. A Faber, Faber. Yeah, no, he doesn't, and like that Minnesota power play is kind of run uh, down low, so. It doesn't bode well for him in points, but he plays a ton time, of minutes. Like, though, like yeah, I I love Faber. It's it's just being unlucky. He did get an assist last night. I'm not souring on him at all because of that recent stretch. So. And again, he's just a rookie. Nobody can. He's he has the most minutes. He has the most minutes in the NHL since December. Yeah, first. and I I heard he's this stat. I wish stuck. I can remember it now. It's something. It compared him like to like his ice time. He's and Doughty is being the only player to play more or something like that. And it was just absolutely ridiculous. And I just looked at I I heard I just listened to it and I had to rewind it because I was like, what the hell did he just say? Because it was they were talking about the Calder and the argument does favor but it's, and but Joe, and there, there's some value to these the, there's some value to these young uh, NCAA oh. defensemen coming out. Like there's a fucking shit NCAA load of them coming be, out. Like, like the, they're gonna it's the best. It's the best junior hockey right now. I think it put. It's past WHL, OHL. Like you, you maybe outside if you're playing pro levels in like Europe, that's mint. But for junior hockey, NCAA, it's, it's like number. I one. I don't know if it's past it yet, but I think it's, it's definitely coming because you're seeing, you're starting to see. I think there's look how many Americans are coming into the NHL. Like all these young studs, man. They're all American. Yeah. First overall picks coming out of the. Well, NCAA. you see Celebrini right now is he's playing in. He's playing with uh, what Boston BU or BC BU? I think, I think it's BU. It is BU. Yeah. He's with Hudson. So yeah, I get those two always confused. But yeah, he's like. But again, I think this is his first year, if I'm not mistaken, in NCAA. But and he's Canadian, so it's it's not ideal. But it's again, people are going to NCAA more. Adam Fantilli last year. More and more these days than they are have been in the past. Adam Fantilli last year. It's it's the trend now for these big young guys. Uh, all right, we move on to uh, Tuesday. We had Gabe Velarde, two goals, one assist, 6-3 win against Minnesota. Velarde's got 28 points in 35 games. You don't have to spend a lot of time. I think he's kind of established himself as a, as a good player. Like last year wasn't really... One thing, one thing on Velarde, there's something in Montreal that was called the Monaghan effect on the power play. Where you where Gabriel Velarde is getting his points right now, Sean Monahan has something to do with that. Every line that was struggling, anytime somebody was struggling, you throw Sean Monahan with him. There's something there. I thought you only jerked off current Habs, but obviously former Habs. Sean <laughs> uh... <laughs> Monahan's a great player. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good start in Winnipeg, but um, I find like. If I was an Ealers owner, I would be so upset. He gets the shaft constantly, constantly in Winnipeg. Like, why? Well, Saturday well, he, he didn't. He's get play, the shaft. Is he playing on he the top line right now? No, but he like second power play. He's never 
really playing with Shifley. I don't know. I think I think it's because you you resemble Ehlers, Mikey. Like I think you like you you feel like Thanks. you get the shaft a lot of the times. <laughs> Thanks. I'm more dimensional than Ehlers. Brian and Yager and Mike and Ehlers. Yeah. All right. Um, Wednesday, we had Lopo's top 20 pick, Boone Jenner. He had a goal and two assists. He is my dad. He's a great fantasy option when he's healthy. I love him. He's a band-aid. Yeah, 26 points in 42 games, 18 goals, 8 assists. So... I mean, we're not going to spend too much time on him. 87 hits is good. No. Shots, 121. He's he's injury prone, and he does the job when he's in the lineup. What about blocks, Mike? It's not, it wasn't high enough for me to write down here, so it can't be that good. It's it's a- average per game. He's also been injured. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, he's played 42 games, so it's not, he uh, hasn't played in, like none. All right. Then Thursday, Pyotr Kochetkov. 44 save, shutout, one nothing win against Florida. That came down. We talk about this guy every week. He's doing something right, man. Well, obviously the Canes don't really trust them that much if they're talking about getting a goalie. But 15, 10, and 3, 236. He's on my top keeper, top <laughs> 10 keeper list when we, when we, goalie keeper list when we brought it out. I like him. Uh, that game was wild. Ajo scored with 19 seconds left to spoil my opponent's shutout, which I was very happy about. But, um, yeah, we talked about Kocheck up a yeah, lot last the, week. Yeah, the Canucks, the Canucks did that for me uh, on Saturday night against the Bruins. Mm. <laughs> Loved that. Loved it. I wish they did in regulation, but I'll take it. And then Saturday night, we had Tyler Bertuzzi. He had a hat trick and a 4-3 win in on Colorado. Finally, yeah, Bertuzzi's. I mean, there's no denying he's had a horrible year. He was drafted an average of 151 on Yahoo, and he's now 12% owned. So, a lot of people cut him as they should. I mean, 26 points of 56, and games. a lot of people are picking him up recently. You'll see his value jump. Yes. You'll see that percentage. They jump. are. Um, he's playing on the top power play unit in Tavares' spot, even though he had that hat trick. He's still 9.1 shooting percentage. His career is 13.4. So that would suggest there's more goals coming. Let me ask you, so when you, uh, you watch more in Leaf game, when you watch him play, what do you see? Um, he disappeared for a lot, big he part just, of the season, big part. But He's chaos but the out last, there, Mike, just the way he's scared. <laughs> the last, like, I don't know, maybe 10 games. I mean, it was really unlucky for a lot of it until he broke through. Yeah. So. He was good. He was good in Detroit. Uh, I I think he's a good player still. I, I saw a quote from Keith. I think it was after uh, Saturday night's game, where he said something along the lines of, "He was getting these chances earlier in the year. He just wasn't burying them. Now he's burying them. So it's just it's just the difference of actually finishing them and not being stopped. Like it's just he. I don't think anything has." changed in his game necessarily that extreme it's just he's actually scoring them rather than getting stopped yeah or puck getting deflected or whatnot that little fraction of the of an instance and of course matthews just keeps rolling along 52 goals the leafs <laughs> it's been 20 years since they had a seven game winning streak i took that stat right from lopo i hope it's right <laughs> 
Yeah, it is. Okay. They're yeah, going, it's, and, it's and, and they're, 0304, 0304, I believe, season was the last time they had it. And they had an eight-game winning streak that year. So Well, they're playing Vegas, and they're without Eichel and Stone, so it could go eight. Could. Well, no, Eichel could be back that game. Who knows? But on the Matthews front, I just want to point out one thing. And I don't know if we brought it up at some point this year on the pod, but I was watching at one point. It might have been in the group chat that we brought it up. But at some point, I was watching during the season, and it just feels like he had so many posts, so many crossbars, and it's just like, I wonder where that ranks in the NHL. He ranks number one in the league with a combination of post and crossbar with 15. Wow. Let's just say half. half of those go one inch the other way and go in. He could be at 59 right now. That is Incredible. absolutely fucking mind-boggling. What's a league average on that? I, I didn't go back. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, against <laughs> like the league below, average, how, how much more he's hitting it. But he's also like, shoots at a bigger frequency than the rest of the league, too. Yeah. But you got to shoot to score. <laughs> so I, I, I love the argument. You you shoot more, so you're getting penalized because you're hitting whatever. But he has 11 posts. Right beside him is Troy Terry with 11 and Connor McDavid with 11. Me, uh, Ranton in 9, Pasternak 9, Bjorkstrand 9, Duchesne 9, Nylander 8, Gensel 8, whatever. Yes. Then you go to crossbars, and he has 4. Uh, Trevor Moore has four, Panarin has four, Nylander four, Burns four, Svechnikov three. So they're all similar. And I think total, if I'm not mistaken, it's him and McDavid right at the top with um, McDavid has 14. He has 15. Wow. So I just found that as, as cra- a crazy stat. I saw it other on, t- on Twitter the other day and I'm like, I'm like, that's what I was looking for. And then I realized you could do it on NHL.com, and it's just easy enough that you can see it. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, because I, I, I went searching for it, and then I'm like, oh, I don't see it. I thought you could, but then I, re- I, I totally overlooked it. <laughs> but it's, it's nuts. It's just a few inches one way or the other. You could it's have technically like to his benefit. It's technically to his benefit. Because those 15, they don't technically counter shots, so they help his shooting percentage. Yeah, across the league. Yeah. As well. Every player has that benefit. It's not just him. It's not really a big benefit. I'm sure he'd rather score, but... <laughs> yeah, some exactly. Spit on it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, what else we got here? Quinton Byfield probably scored the goal of the season. Agreed? Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was that disgusting. Was I don't even disgusting. know how he did that. <laughs> now, Complete breakout. Is it me or is it... Ever, like? Columbus get rinsed every like that Connor McDavid goal was was against Columbus too back in yeah. the day on I think it went, I think it was on his first game back from injury from that knee injury where he missed like a bunch of games if I'm not mistaken I think so like I can't remember if it was the knee injury or the collarbone injury I can't remember but when he came back he scored that goal against Columbus where he turned style I think it was Jack Johnson and this one he Byfield turnstile the Warensky, styled, uh, Warensky. I remember the one where he turned style Morgan Riley, but I don't know the one you're talking about there, Joe. 
Yeah, but he also couldn't get by Kadri and uh, Riley when he was part of that, eh? Kadri got him again Ooh, last that? night, Battle of Alberta. Oh, did he? Or Kadri and Hall. Ka- so. Oh, yeah. Asshole. Did you see Coleman's hit on McDavid? That Battle of Alberta was intense. Intense. That's I love Blake awesome. Coleman. They play again this year. I, I want like, I hope... I, I don't think it'll happen because Vancouver's way too ahead, but I would have loved to have seen another Alberta, Battle of Alberta in the playoffs if Calgary sneaks in and Edmonton wins their division. Calgary's but, solid. They're not sneaking in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. If they're going to get rid of... If, they're, if t- t- Tanev and Hannafin's moving, like there's, you're going your playoff chances with that. At the beginning of the year, I said I had six Canadian teams in, in the playoffs. I, the only one I didn't have was Montreal. So I, I'm pulling for Calgary. Ottawa's a lost cause. Um, I don't. They're not getting anywhere close, even though I think they're... They, they, they're going to jump they the Habs. The Habs, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. the Habs I, I knew for sure, wasn't gonna, weren't going to do anything. Yeah. They're about as uh, irrelevant as, as a hockey team uh, okay. this season than, than anywhere else. Joe... <laughs> I just want to say something. Let's go back to Byfield. Uh, guy, big guys take a while, uh, like Kirby Doc, uh, number one centers <laughs> take forever to break Top out. 20, um, yeah, Quentin Byfield has that Kirby Doc mold. He's bigger actually, but yeah, it's just like I was thinking yeah. about that. Bigger guys do Quentin take a Byfield, while. Byfield, Kirby like, Doc, you know, same same kind of deal. They're both. Hey, Byfield went two. Kirby Doc went three. Baby, number one centers, and you still haven't give me a good justification why Kirby Doc's not. Kirby Doc went 157. But continue. <laughs> okay, big guys. I think it may take a while because naturally you're bigger. You're going to be a little bit, little bit more lumbering and slower to adapt. Like when they do get it up to speed, like he's a monster, dude, and he's so skilled too. He's it. Yeah, we're talking about Doc or Byfield. Both. Yeah, but <laughs> Byfield's there. Both. Doc needs to get there, man. You would agree. I, I think Doc's further along than Byfield. I think Doc's a better player than Byfield at this well, point right now. Unfortunately, he's hurt, and we don't have that comparison. And who's ha- who has a higher ceiling? It's Byfield. Let's be real. Youth. Why? Well, because you say so. It's really hard to have this conversation. He's been hurt, Doc. Yeah, he's been. So hurt. you can't say one but- way, and neither can Joe. Yeah, but but Byf- Byfield's breaking out this year. Doc broke out last year. He was good. Yeah, but I'm talking about even again this year. <laughs> but I'm talking about even like go back to their draft years. Who were they talking about more? It's Byfield they were talking about. Byfield was a chance to go first overall. No one was talking about Doc being first overall back in his draft. He's right. Year. He's right, Mayor. He's right. Like it's just ceiling as in that aspect. Kirby Doc is a phenomenal player and number one center in the NHL, and so is Quinton Byfield. All right. Future, anyway. Like, not at this point in time, but one, two years, yes. All right. We're talking about big forwards. Let's talk about another big forward. The Ranger game on Saturday was amazing. Rangers, <laughs> 10 in a row. Shesterkin looks like he found his form. Matt? Is his name Matt Rempe? I don't even know his first name. I think it's Matthew okay. Rempe. Yeah, he it's, got it's, called up, and this guy has been an absolute spark plug. It's like must-watch TV when you t- to see the Rangers. He's fought. He's had what three games? He debuted in the outdoor game. He had that big hit on Bastion. You can argue whether it was clean or not, but when when a six-eight monster is coming at you, you got to look out. 
He's on NHL.com. He's 6'7", 241. Appar- <laughs> Apparently during the broadcast, they said he was 6'8", or he said, I'm actually 6'8", or something. Yeah, this was probably taken two years ago. Yeah. And he's 21 years old, so he's technically still growing. Um, absolute monster. That fight... Because he was drafted... Don't forget, he was, dra- he was drafted in 2020. Yeah. Like Mayor said, big guys take so- a while to develop. <laughs> Yeah, the number one center, Matt Ramsey, buddy. Yeah, keep going, boys. On these elite, uh, got big guys. Hey, take a while. Don't kid yourself. He might make Canada's Olympic team in 2026. Game winner. Game winner. Last game. Um, that honestly though, that fight with Delorier was amazing. And even you know what the best part was? NBC showed it like seven times, and I was like, every time, this is what people want to see. Great. Great, great, great. Yeah, it's good. Especially in the U.S. Okay, boys. Quickly, some injuries. We talked about Stone. Poor Arvidsson. Back on IR. That looks like it. uh, I think they called it week to week, so it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, Kachuk. A lot of big scare for the the, uh, Panthers. Apparently, it's day to day. So, that's it there. I might be forgetting some other ones, but. Those are the big ones. Shall we get into the week ahead? Or are there any stories of the week you guys want to talk about quickly? Yes, sir. Week ahead. Uh, three teams played twice. The Rangers, Calgary, Chicago. You got a bunch of players on those teams. Probably not Chicago, but uh, you probably want to supplement with some other <laughs> talent. 11 teams play four times. So there are a lot of options. Uh, typical heavy night schedule this week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, very heavy. 52 games this week in the, in the NHL. Um, so we'll start off this way. If you're looking for multiple moves, Dallas, LA, Ottawa, Washington, they play on Monday and Tuesday. We talked about Byfield. He's 47% owned, meaning he's available in most leagues under that. Um, I, I know I have friends that are in not they're in shallow leagues, so he's probably available. So he would definitely be a guy to pick up for Monday, Tuesday. Um, if not, I'd be looking at Norris, twenty-one percent owned. He's got two points in each of his last two games. There's also Pinto at sixteen percent owned. Um, Logan Stankoven, really interested to see. I mean, he had a. I mean, I think he played over fifteen minutes in his debut Saturday. Really good player. He should have a really bright future in the league. Call me call me crazy, but let's I call it him a lock for a goal Monday night. How's that? Ooh. I bet you fifty You might make some yeah. you might make some people some money yeah, there, Mike. It's a lock. He's got fifty seven points and forty seven AHL games. Obviously it doesn't always translate, but I like him a lot. Uh and then Dylan Strom, twenty eight percent owned. He's got fourteen points in his last eleven games. Uh, then Wednesday, Thursday, only Columbus, and they play the Rangers in Carolina. So, I mean, when when you're up against it and you really don't know who's going to get any points, like picking up a player of Columbus, just go with someone who stuffs the stats and maybe they're going to get a point or two, maybe. Um, and then on Friday, Saturday, there's Ottawa again. I told you Norris Pinto, and then there's also Philly. Lawton is the hottest flyer right now. Six-game point streak, 8% owned. Uh, but I like Forrester more. 
He returned from injury last game, played 21 minutes, and he had a goal. He's 3% owned. And last thing, if you're looking for just one move, my pickup of the week, I mentioned him earlier, it's Dylan Strom. Not sexy, but the Caps play on three of four off nights. Monday against Ottawa, Tuesday at Detroit, and then home to Philly on Friday and Arizona on Sunday. And Ovi is back, baby. Eight goals in the last 10 games. He's up to 16. He's gonna he's getting he's getting up there again. He's gonna have a decent season. He's gonna he's gonna put how at many, least 25 in. How many games do you have left, Joe? I was the only one. Joe can look that up. I was the only one who had him as bounce back player second half. Why? How? No, well, you know what? Oh, guys. bounce back player. Yeah, but we had that discussion where he wouldn't reach what twenty? I think we had that discussion. I, I, I said he wouldn't go over twenty. And I said it was a lock. Yeah, he's gonna blow past Thank twenty. How, how many games left? I don't know. Most of the league probably has they twenty-five. Have... Maybe Joe. Caps have played 55 games. 27. So they got, yeah, 27 so 20, games left. Uh, 27. 20, no. 27. Yes, 27 games left. Oh, my left. gosh, guys. 27 ga- Let's go. games left. He has 16 goals. It's too early, yeah. bro. Uh, you think he, so you say how many goals do you think he gets more? He, he can get 10 in 27 games. So you think he finished the season on 26? He could he could finish he's gonna get over twenty five. So is that the going rate is that the going forward goal for Ovi going like is that what he is now, a twenty five goal no. guy? Uh, no, I, I think this year just was like a bad year. Like I think like why can't he get rip home thirty next year? Because there's nobody there to give him the puck and feed him thirty. Just told you, Dylan Strom. Yeah, Four oh, yeah. assists this oh, week. Yeah. You heard it here. Which isn't great. John Carlson's still there. The power play is still the power play. It's a power play league. He still has that shot. He's old, man. He's old. All right. Yeah, it's okay. He can. We could talk about the great chase and and talk about him chasing Gretzky. Well, we all know in a few in a few years we'll be talking about Matthews chasing Ovi. I don't know if I don't know if Ovi's gonna do it, man. <laughs> we'll see. Um... But that's it for the show. Next week will be our pre-deadline show, which will be exciting. We'll debate. We'll talk about who's who we think's moving where, who improves value. Uh, but first, important announcement. Um, a video surfaced of Brian doing what Adam Ruzica was doing um, this past week. So Brian <laughs> is no longer on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he took his Yager status to a whole new level. <laughs> To the Radzitska status. Oh, my goodness. Way to throw away a career, pal. Um, no, Brian's good. That's a joke. <laughs> okay, boys. That's it for the show. Closing remarks? <laughs> well, hopefully next week we'll get Brian's response on this. He won't know what we talked about this episode. We'll have to tell him. I want to hear about <laughs> Brian's yoga st- uh, story still. Ah, we got, we've been teasing that. We got to hear it. He's got to be on. Yeah. All right. Yoga and spin. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course, thank you all for listening as always. Uh, good luck in your pools. Important time. So uh, we'll talk about it next week. Take care. Bonne nacht. Bonne nacht too.